the Common English Bible. God isn't a God of disorder, but of peace. Like in all the churches of God's people, the women should be quiet during the meeting. They are not allowed to talk. Instead, they need to keep under control, just as the law says. If they want to learn something, they should ask their husbands at home. It is disgraceful for women to talk during the meeting. Going on to 1 Timothy, Therefore, I want men to pray everywhere by lifting up hands that are holy without anger or argument. In the same way, I want women to enhance their appearance with clothing that is modest and sensible, not with elaborate hairstyles, gold, pearls, or expensive clothes. They should make themselves attractive by doing good, which is appropriate for women who claim to honor God. A wife should learn quietly with complete submission. I don't allow a wife to teach or control her husband. Instead, she should be a quiet listener. Adam was formed first, then Eve. Adam wasn't deceived, but rather his wife became the one who stepped over the line because she was completely deceived. But a wife will be brought safely through childbirth if they both continue in faith, love, and holiness together with self-control. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks Praise be to God. Just wait, just wait. <laughs> hey, Sue. Sue, aren't you a woman? Oh, yes. I'm wearing girls. Well, that was awkward. Awkward. <laughs> Think we need to pray, church. Lord Jesus, your word is complex. Open our minds to understand it faithfully and open our hearts to live it the way you intended it for to be. And may my words equip us to do that. Nothing more and nothing less. Amen. Amen. What is the Bible? We say it is the inspired word of God. It's an instruction manual. But what does that really mean? To understand the Bible, we have to go past the trite phrases that we sometimes say in the church. The Bible has stories. Some point to historical events, and some use ancient cultural examples that we have to apply to today. The Bible has poetry. The Bible has books of ancient laws. The Bible has letters written to specific communities. The Bible has lots of different voices from cultures that span thousands of years. 
Voices that I believe were all under some type of spirit-driven inspiration and are still useful for instruction today. One of those voices is the Apostle Paul. Paul is considered the author of several of the later New Testament works. And even for those works that are debated whether he was really the one to put pen to paper, they are at least his thoughts. And this morning we are engaging with two of those letters, 1 Corinthians and 1 Timothy. Today, we are going through somebody else's mail that since being written has been declared as scripture. Paul was writing a letter to a church community whom he deeply cared about. He did not know that he was writing scripture. He had heard things about this ancient community that had troubled him and they needed some correction, and in a lot of circumstances, a lot of correction. And he is correct, trying to correct those problems in our passages today. So how do we interpret these passages that when read by themselves are pretty degrading and even misogynistic toward women? When we look at any passage in the Bible. We need to look at more than just that individual passage. At the very least, we have to start by looking at what preceded it and what comes after it. Then we have to look at the book of a whole that the passage is part of and see how it fits in or aligns with the overall message that author or authors are trying to communicate. And when we do this with our passage from 1 Corinthians, we find that just a few paragraphs earlier, chapter 11, there are women praying and prophesying publicly under Paul's instructions. So fast forward to what we just read in chapter 14. Has he changed his mind and just three chapters? Well, if we look at the whole of Paul's ministry, especially his recorded actions, we can firmly say no, he has not changed his mind. When we take the time to understand the ancient world of Corinth, we can better understand what Paul was likely trying to communicate. And when we look at the whole of Paul's ministry, we can see that he empowered women in ministry. He never stopped anybody from leading in any way based on gender. So what's happening here is that Paul is recognizing a cultural reality. The women of this ancient world did not have equal access to education, especially in Jewish circles. And Paul is wanting them to become educated. Paul knew he was writing to a deeply patriarchal culture, which meant that men were the power players throughout the society. And this is a culture that Paul now appears to disagree with. And if you look at the life of Jesus, more importantly, he definitely disagreed with it as well. 
But both Paul and Jesus, as well as all the authors of the Bible, had to write and minister and work amidst the culture that they were in. They had to write in the midst of their personal cultural reality. That does not make their culture holy. No culture is fully holy. But it means that the authors had to craft their messages and their ideas under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit around that. And what Paul's doing here, it appears, is that he is offering both short-term and long-term solutions to women who, because they have not, were not allowed to have the education they deserved, were kind of asking a lot of questions, understandably so, but in ways that were disruptive to the community as a whole. So his short-term solution is this. Just hold on. Please don't interrupt the service with questions. Go home. Most of them were married. So ask your husbands, who just because it was the culture, were educated, and allow them to explain things to you. That was the short-term fix. The long-term solution was that the woman can and should learn and be taught so that they can pass on the knowledge just like the men. The reality is they just weren't there yet as a community. And in this culture, it was expected for any new student to learn quietly, not to question their teacher. And here, this wasn't an issue of gender, it was an issue of learning. Paul did not want to subordinate women in any way. Eventually, he wanted to liberate them past this current cultural norm, to become all that God wants them to be. Think of it like this. The women of Corinth were going to see a sequel to a hit movie in the theater. But they had never gotten to see the original because nobody would sell them a ticket. And Paul is telling them, if you're going to show up to the sequel, don't talk during the movie and interrupt it for everyone else. Instead, maybe go home first. Watch the original. And then you'll be able to come back with us and enjoy and understand the sequel more. Paul wanted anybody and everybody to become a follower of Christ. He just didn't want them to become anybody to be distracted as they worshiped. And again, when we look at Paul's actions throughout his ministry, we can then better understand some of his difficult and tr even troubling words like we read today. And his actions show us he never stopped women from serving in ministry. He corrected some of them because we all need correction as we're learning, but he did not stop them. And nor should we today. And thank God the United Methodist Church doesn't. Because believe me, if we did, I would not be part of it. Friends, let's just think of it like how we would write a personal letter to a friend. You know them. 
You know their situation. You're not going to explain their situation to them in a letter because you both already know about it. In fact, that might be your reason for writing. And that's what's happening here. Paul and the Corinthian church knew full well what he was writing about, and he didn't need to waste valuable ink for this time to explain that. Now, more than 2,000 years later, sitting here might have been kind of helpful if he had explained it, because we could have avoided some of the messes we've gotten into. But at this time, again, Paul didn't know he was writing something that would be written into the Bible as scripture for all time. So say this with me, friends. Paul's letters are written for us, but not to us. Paul's letters are written for us, but not to us. We weren't his intended audience. He didn't think this was become, his letters were becoming a time capsule of sorts. So in order to understand these letters faithfully, as faithfully as we can, we have to learn about the people they were intended for so we can understand what they meant today. And in 1 Timothy, again, we have Paul speaking into a situation at a church that he personally knows. And this time he is referring specifically to women of a high status in the world. They were, to put it in our culture's terms, the real housewives of the ancient world. They had the best access to, they had access to all the high quality clothes and all the accessories that could come with it. And due to their affluent nature, um, not completely different from today, it was more likely that these women had access to education and could assume important roles in the church because of that education. But Paul's mission, his ultimate mission is to the Gentiles, which means it's spreading the church wide, welcoming any and all diverse people in, which meant that some of the people who were coming in like a poor Gentile woman who didn't have that fancy Beverly Hills style might look over at some of their fellow worshipers who had that and they might not feel very welcome or like they belonged. So Paul is asking these women to just dress a little, dress down a bit. This isn't the place for you to showcase your wealth. You can do that outside of here, but nobody else should feel less than based on what you may be wearing. Dress in a way that everybody feels welcome. And friends, doesn't that make us rethink how we might want to approach that alleged dress code in church? Instead, maybe Paul's words here are a call to dress simply in a way that everybody feels like they can come as they are. Scholar Craig Keener, 
who I actually had the privilege of taking a class from, writes that in our day, contrary to what many may, might think, Paul's review probably would have much more to do with church members driving to church in BMWs or wearing the most expensive clothes than with their wearing blue jeans. Paul's purpose, even in these difficult passages, was to make Christianity available to more people, to increase its accessibility to the greater community. And Kiskino writes again that if our church's dress code turns people away from the church rather than bring them in, we have failed to catch Paul's motives or his message. Friends, as far as I'm concerned, wear what you want to church. <laughs> Just make sure you aren't wearing it to draw attention to yourselves. And then again, when 1 Timothy states for women to be silent, this is the same idea he is communicating that he did in 1 Corinthians. He wants women to learn, wants them to be equipped for ministry. But just make sure you're doing that in a way that isn't disruptive for the rest of the community. He's again correcting a specific problem for a specific community and not creating a rule for all women for all time. And this is why Keener writes that all scripture is for all time, but not every scripture is for all circumstances. Say it with me again, let's play along. All scripture is for all time, but not every scripture is for all circumstances. Put another way, what is descriptive of a particular culture in the Bible is not prescriptive for everybody else for all time. What is describing a particular culture is not the prescription for all the rest of us in the exact same way. When we take the time to read scripture in this way, man, oh man, does it become good news for all of us. And frankly, in too many cases, we have failed to do this in the greater church. And the witness of the body of Christ has been harmed because we have silenced some of God's servants who have been called to this current time and place. It's still happening today. And it's a problem. And it's sinful. And all because, quite frankly, men decided that a few passages in the Bible should speak for all people for all time. Even though that does not appear to be Paul's intended desire. Because don't, let's not make any mistake about it. Women didn't decide this for women. Men decided this for women. That is why it is so important and really a great opportunity for us to grow spiritually, to read various interpretations and read even, get ready for the big word, but theology, we can all learn about theology, it is possible, read it from diverse people. And folks, there is a lot of variety we can learn from. Feminist theologians, black theologians, Latinx theologians, even queer theologians. 
And unfortunately, because the majority of our written work has been seen through the lens of men, women have been silenced. No one group is ever going to get everything right. None of those different theological lenses, not, there's not one that gets it all right. Because <laughs> we are all finite beings trying to understand an infinite God. But when we kind of take it all together, come together, listen to each other, learn together, we can come closer to the truth together. Seeing Christ and seeing scripture through the lens of other people, especially people who are different from us, that is a tool, that is the recipe for growing our faith. That is the atmosphere under which we can flourish as people of God. And it is not in any way diminish our faith. Church, if we are to be the place that Jesus and yes, even Paul would call us to be, the call is liberation for women. The Spirit does not equip or call people based on their genitalia, nor does it prescript any specific roles in society based on that. And when we silence women, because of our misinformed or just ignorant decisions, we're inviting judgment on ourselves instead of the others. Gender hierarchy is not part of God's kingdom and has no place in the church. Instead, we are invited to mutual submission, mutual liberation, where all of us are invited to become the beautiful creation God has called us to be. So friends, let us become liberated together. Thanks be to God. Amen.